Northeast of Hiroshima as a rendezvous point, and no matter what city the Americans planned to hit, the superfortresses streamed in over the coast near Hiroshima. The frequency of the warnings and the continued abstinence of Mr. B with respect to Hiroshima had made its citizens jittery. A rumor was going around that the Americans were saving something special for the city. Mr. Tanimoto was a small man, quick to talk, laugh, and cry. He wore his black hair parted in the middle and rather long. The prominence of the frontal bones just above his eyebrows and the smallness of his moustache, mouth, and chin gave him a strange, old young look, boyish and yet wise, weak and yet fiery. He moved nervously and fast, but with a restraint which suggested that he was a cautious, thoughtful man. He showed, indeed, just those qualities in the uneasy days before the bomb fell. Besides having his wife spend the nights in Ushida, Mr. Tanimoto had been carrying all the portable things from his church in the close-packed residential district called Nagaragawa to a house that belonged to a rayon manufacturer in Koi, two miles from the center of town. The rayon man, a Mr. Matsui, had opened his then unoccupied estate to a large number of his friends and acquaintances so that they might evacuate whatever they wished to a safe distance from the probable target area. Mr. Tanimoto had had no difficulty in moving chairs, hymnals, Bibles, altar gear, and church records by pushcart himself, but the organ console and an upright piano required some aid. A friend of his named Matsuo had, the day before, helped him get the piano out to Koi. In return, he had promised this day to assist Mr. Matsuo in hauling out a daughter's belongings. That is why he had risen so early. Mr. Tanimoto cooked his own breakfast. He felt awfully tired. The effort of moving the piano the day before, a sleepless night, weeks of worry and unbalanced diet, the cares of his parish, all combined to make him feel hardly adequate to the new day's work. There was another thing, too. Mr. Tanimoto had studied theology at Emory College in Atlanta, Georgia. He had graduated in 1940. He spoke excellent English. He dressed in American clothes. He had corresponded with many American friends right up to the time the war began and among a people obsessed with a fear of being spied upon, perhaps almost obsessed himself, he found himself growing increasingly uneasy. The police had questioned him several times, and just a few days before he had heard that an influential acquaintance of Mr. Tanaka, a retired officer of the Toyo Kisen Kaisha steamship line, an anti-Christian, a man famous in Hiroshima for his showy philanthropies and notorious for his personal tyrannies, had been telling people that Tanimoto should not be trusted. In compensation, to show himself publicly a good Japanese, Mr. Tanimoto had taken on the chairmanship of his local Tonarigumi, or Neighborhood Association, and to his other duties and concerns this position had added the business of organizing air raid defense for about twenty families. Before six o'clock that morning, Mr. Tanimoto started for Mr. Matsuo's house. There he found that their burden was to be a tansu, a large Japanese cabinet full of clothing and household goods. The two men set out. The morning was perfectly clear, 
and so warm that the day promised to be uncomfortable. A few minutes after they started, the air raid siren went off. A minute-long blast that warned of approaching planes, but indicated to the people of Hiroshima only a slight degree of danger, since it sounded every morning at this time when an American weather plane came over. The two men pulled and pushed the handcart through the city streets. Hiroshima was a fan-shaped city, lying mostly on the six islands formed by the seven estuarial rivers that branch out from the Ota River, its main commercial and residential districts, covering about four square miles in the center of the city, contained three-quarters of its population, which had been reduced by several evacuation programs from a wartime peak of 380,000 to about 245,000. Factories and other residential districts or suburbs lay compactly around the edges of the city. To the south were the docks.